Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. On a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere, they go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building, and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at League Apps com or as league apps on all of the social networks now here's the host of the show longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of united soccer coaches dean linky u.s youth soccer known as usys has been hosting the usys national championships in orlando at the disney wide world of sports complex this entire week so we have a double dose of usys leaders on today's show we start with a visit with USYS CEO Skip Gilbert, and we end with USYS National League Commissioner Simon Collins, who is joined by the two leaders of Soccer Profile, Stuart and Gary Monk. You can learn more about them and Soccer Profile by going online to soccer-profile.com. And sandwiched in between, we continue our dedication to Disability Pride Month and Kate Ward's Disability Allies Community for United Soccer Coaches. This week, Kate brings us the amazing story of Steve Everett, the president of the U.S. Power Soccer Association. Steve, like Skip, Simon, Stewart, and Gary, is simply fantastic. That's our show, and we bring it all to you after this message from our presenting sponsor, Lee Gaps. We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform. So you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linky. USYS is the largest youth sports organization in the nation. US Youth Soccer features more than 2.4 million players, and this entire week, USYS has been hosting the USYS National Championships in Orlando. And so kicking off today's show is the CEO of USYS, Skip Gilbert. Skip, welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps. Oh, thank you, Dean. It's always a pleasure and an honor to join you on these things. Great to have you. And Skip, on Monday afternoon, you kicked off this week with a fantastic opening ceremonies, for lack of a better word, with fervor, energy, and great anticipation. It was a great event that has set the table for a great week. You know, it really was. And appreciate you being the MC of it, you know, with Michelle Akers giving some words of wisdom and having thousands of players, you know, in the arena, you could feel the energy, you could feel the excitement. You know, I think they're all ready to play today. I will say though, always trying to interject fun. It was fun seeing the biggest applause was when Mickey Mouse came onto the stage. And we remember these are just kids. They still want to play and win, but they're just kids. Yeah, you nailed it. Mickey Mouse is timeless. He still brings the largest uh, applause that I've ever heard, actually. So that was 
Awesome. Now, if I'm right about this, I feel like a bigger field of teams this year is part of that excitement too. Is that right? It is. We're over 200 teams for the finals this year. And part of that was because with the launch of, of National League Pro, we were able to have direct entry into our national championships because of the level and the, of that competition and for some of the winners coming through. So many trophies on the line, including the oldest trophy in youth sports, all sports in this country, the James P. McGuire Cup for U19 boys. It's one of the more impressive trophies. And when you get to see it up close and you, you kind of look at, you know, the history of the, of the winners from decades ago, you know, it really does tell you that, wow, this is something that, you know, if you're any player um, on the boys' side, you know, you want to be able to hoist that trophy up at, when you get to that age group. And, you know, it's, it's just something really special. U.S. Soccer President Cindy Parlo-Cone, plus representatives from each of the 54 state associations are on hand for this week's activities, along with dozens of officials from throughout the American soccer scene. That tells me that even while the teams are playing for a USYS national championship, you guys are busy securing relationships and planning for the future. Is that part of this week too, Skip? You know, it really is, right? When you look at USYS and our organizational structure, our largest value proposition are our state associations. You know, they've got staff, they've got volunteers. It's the only, we're the only organization that actually has that in every single state. So they're coming in to support their teams. They're doing what they can to be able to grow and support the game, you know, in their geographic boundaries. But, you know, so that's one segment of it. The referees, we say you have to earn your place to get here. 10,000 teams started their journey, 200 or left. It's the same thing for the referees. We're looking at referees all around the country each and every week. Um, we bring the best of the best in for our regional championships and then they earn a spot into the national championships. We have U.S. soccer mentor and coaches that are here that are helping them get valuable feedback. Because again, I think, you know, we forget as parents, as coaches, as players, is that players get to practice. They get constant feedback from their coaches. When referees go out to a game, they don't have practice. They don't have coaches on the sideline. They're there by themselves. So this is a huge opportunity for us to be able to give some feedback to the officials that, you know, as we say, no ref, no game, and we need to be able to support them. Kicking off this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast, the CEO of U.S. Youth Soccer, USYS, Skip Gilbert. Later on this podcast, USYS National Commissioner Simon Collins will join me, Skip, along with Stuart and Gary Monk from Soccer Profile. Simon will give us an update on Elite 64. What can you share, Skip, about Elite 64 outside of what Simon will have to say? The whole genesis behind Elite 64 was to be able to provide another layer of, of real elite talent. You know, when you look at the National League and our 13 conferences, we have the National League Pro, which is really your team v. team kind of model. Um, the Elite 64 goes at the club v. club model. So what we're trying to do is, again, fulfill our premise that every team has a home. You have to earn your place. And this creates a very simple pathway to be able to follow. So if you're at the you know, beginning of your journey as a player and you're playing in our, you know, the rec leagues or, or the social side of the sport, which we're, we're, which we're branding League America, you can then go on through your state leagues up into the National League. And if you're at the very top, you're either an NL Pro or Elite 64. But again, that should provide a dynamic pathway, whether you just want to play at the best you can or if you have aspirations to go play for MLS, the national team, or even your college. In addition,
addition to Elite 64, what are some key short-term or even long-term items that are on your to-do list as it relates to your role as CEO for USYS? I think part of it, you look at the base of the pyramid. You know, I'm a firm believer, something I learned years ago when I worked at USA Swimming, which is build the base, promote the sport, achieve sustained competitive success. And so realistically, we often as an organization get too caught up at the very tip of the pyramid, you know, where those elite players go. And, and because of the, the sanctioning bodies, you know, you're kind of competing against that. But we have an opportunity to really promote this League America concept so that every kid feels like they have a home. And ultimately, it'll be the largest soccer league in the world. The kids are going to be there. What we're finding is we want to help give coaches that extra element at the rec level, you know, so that it, most of it's volunteer. And a lot of those volunteers aren't going to spend the time to go get their coaching curriculum. You know, if they're not going to pay for that because they're, they're just out there volunteering for their kid. But we want to be able to give them that grassroots curriculum support. And we've teamed with Mojo um, to be able to come out with that, that curriculum so that even if you're on the field and you're looking at the kids and you're saying, all right, I want to do a give and go, or I want to do, you know, some sort of some uh, performance training, I can go to the Mojo one minute clinic and be able to get something that I can understand as an entry-level coach and still be able to train so that the kids learn, but they're having fun doing so. So we're doing that with Mojo and of course, you know, with, a, with the uh, Coaches Association, being able to create that kind of curriculum so that the kids have a great first experience. You know, there's nothing worse than if you're just you know, you're seven, eight years old and you have a coach that really doesn't understand the dynamics of being able to coach and you lose interest not because you don't love the game, but because the practices aren't either competitive enough or more likely they're not fun enough. Back to this week, Skip, as part of the USYS National Championships at the amazing Disney Wide World of Sports Complex, as I look forward to calling the U13 National Championships for boys and girls on ESPN Plus on Friday and the McGuire Cup and U19 Girls National Championships on Sunday morning. Skip, you have witnessed the joy of these teams winning those majestic trophies and they are indeed majestic can you describe for our listeners that joy that you witness when those teams hoist those trophies you know it's unbelievable you know that years ago and i'll say i'll this will show my age i used to love abc's wide world of sports and the opening dialogue was the skier coming down it was the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat and there is nothing more gratifying and it's also emotionally pulling when you're standing on the stage and on the right side you see the champions and they're just brimming with smiles and on the left side you have the team that didn't make it they lost in the finals and the tears and the frowns and it's just it's an amazing difference between victory and defeat and it's all summed up in that one moment two more questions for skip gilbert one a repeat question from previous visits and that is your relationship with united soccer coaches where over the last several years you have shared convention time i'm pretty sure that's going to happen again in philadelphia talk about what that relationship with united soccer coaches means to you and usys it means a lot and and i had a great relationship with lynn um now with jeff getting to, you know to cement that relationship moving forward but you know realistically it has to be a dynamic partnership because what they do is so vital you know to be able to give the coaches you know all of those that ammunition for their toolbox you know to be able to to get the best out of their players and as the largest youth sport organization you know we really do need to have that connection so that we can work together to 
be able to reach out to as many coaches and potential coaches as possible, um, but also not only from a coaching perspective, but my sense moving forward is trying to work on things for parents. You know, there's got to be a behavioral change at some point amongst parents. I mean, you'll see it at the U13 level. You know, sometimes those parents who haven't gone through too many years of intense competition sometimes forget that they should watch what they say and scream on the sidelines. And why it's a coaching issue is that really moving forward, coaches have to be able to control the parents on the sidelines. That's going to have to be part of their responsibility. So that whole behavioral modification curriculum has to be directed at the, at the parents, but delivered through the coaches. Skip Gilbert, as most of you know, has extensive executive management experience from his involvement with the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, the United States Tennis Association, USA Triathlon, USA Swimming, U.S. Soccer, and as chairman of the National Governing Bodies Council. I want to remind everybody that he was a great goalkeeper in college and even had a cup of coffee in the pros. Final question, Skip, reminding everybody you took the job and then the world collapsed with COVID. We're not totally out of it, but we're getting closer. How can you sum up your time so far at USYS and what is this new job has meant to you? You know, it's great to get back into the sport. You know, I've had a wonderful experience with other sports within the Olympic movement, but you know, I'm a soccer player. Um, and more defined, I'm a goalkeeper. Um, and so to be able to come back to kind of my roots coming up through the youth programs, um, it, it's really fulfilling. Um, and, you know, so from my perspective, the pandemic, while put everything on pause, really gave us the opportunity to look in the mirror. You know, what do we need to be able to do to support every level of the game, every constituent that, that has that passion, commitment, and dedication for the sport, and to be able to help them succeed on and off the field of play. So it's been a great run. You know, I, I, we were very optimistic about the future. There's some great things coming. So, you know, from my perspective, I couldn't be more thrilled with where we are and where we're going. Always thrilled to have Skip Gilbert, the CEO of USYS on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. Thanks for kicking off this week's show as part of the USYS National Championship Week down in Orlando. Thanks, Dean. Pre appreciate it and look forward to being out there with you. Great visit with Skip Gilbert. And we're not done talking USYS, but right now we're going to switch gears to the Disability Allies community as Kate Ward was kind enough to provide us with Steve Everett, the president of the U.S. Power Soccer Association. Steve Everett on the bounce. Performance analysis is now recognized as having a crucial role to play in any coaching program. The United Soccer Coaches Performance Analysis Level 1 Special Topics Diploma will provide coaches with real-world examples of how analysis is being used to enhance the individual player development process and maximize team performance. Additionally, successful candidates will achieve Level 1 accreditation as an Applied Performance Analyst from the International Society of Performance Analysis of Sport. Register now by visiting the Master Course Schedule on unitedsoccercoaches.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. As you know, if you've been listening during the month of July, the United Soccer Coaches podcast is dedicating at least one guest every single week to the Disability Allies community for United Soccer Coaches. Today, we're thrilled to be joined by Steve Everett, who's the president of the U.S. Power Soccer Association, also known as USPSA. 
Steve is an amazing wheelchair athlete, coach, and organizer with 30-plus years of sports experience. He started in the sport of wheelchair tennis, where he competed worldwide for more than 20 years. Steve was the first athlete to compete in a power wheelchair. He ended the 1988 season as U.S. Open champion and the number one ranked player in the world. In 2010, he was introduced to the sport of power soccer. He played for both the Glendale Rough Riders and SoCal Vaqueros. In 2015, Steve was one of 20 athletes selected to try out for Team USA, who would be competing in the 2017 World Cup. Although he did not make the final roster, he said the experience was immeasurable. In 2019, he started a new journey by partnering up with the LA Galaxy of Major League Soccer to start a new power soccer club team called the LA United. His hope is that this partnership will help open the doors between the MLS and U.S. power soccer to help build future relationships both at a local and national level. He served the United States Power Soccer Association as Western Regional Director from 2013 to 2020. During this time, he shared power soccer through demos, clinics, tournaments, and camps. He helped develop and guide teams throughout the Western region and beyond. In 2020, Steve was voted in as president of the USPSA. He was an automatic choice for Kate Ward, who we have mad respect for, and we have mad respect for Steve Everett, president of the U.S. Power Soccer Association. Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast, Steve. Oh, I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much, and I'm looking forward to having some fun conversation here. Yeah, you know, I always wanted to be a top-level athlete. That did not work out. Instead, I went into <laughs> broadcasting, and make no mistake, Steve, you are indeed a top-level athlete, but it hasn't been easy. You told me right before we came on the air that you essentially have been disabled your entire life, right, in, in a wheelchair your entire life. Can you tell your story? Yeah, so I was born with a birth defect called arthrogryposis, which is a big word that pretty much means that it, all four of my limbs have been affected. Uh, I got tangled in the umbilical cord and basically was in, able to develop uh, fully. No paralysis or anything like that. It's just my legs and my arms never grew to basically be functional. And so that allowed me to kind of be involved in the things that I kind of challenged myself to do. You know, my parents, my family, all of that was a big part of what I did. Their encouragement to tackle things head on was a big part of who I've become. Sounds like, Steve, tennis was the first sport you tried to tackle. Is that right, or were there other sports mixed in there? I was that kid that always sat in the living room watching every sport I could. I mean, and dreaming of the day of being that elite athlete, you know. When I was in high school, I was a manager of the basketball team, and I could only do things like that. I was always on the outside looking in. And then what ended up happening was, I was invited to a, basically it was a sports week during the spring break in Southern California at Mission Viejo College. And that camp was put on by the National Foundation for Wheelchair Tennis at that time, which is now part of the USTA. I went to this camp. I got to be involved with many sports, but with my physical limitations, there was really nothing that I could actually do. Plus I was in a power wheelchair. You know, we did stuff like wheelchair basketball and did wheelchair track and all the various major sports that we now hear in the Paralympic level. But tennis was the first thing that I actually could do. And I was like, okay, if I could just figure out how to hold on to this tennis racket, I think I could do this. They're all looking at me like, well, okay, what are we gonna do here? And I asked anybody, does anybody have any tape? And they're like, 
tape. Well, growing up as a kid in the neighborhood, I always played with all my friends. I never let them get away with not including me. So we'd play wiffle ball on the streets and I couldn't hold the bat. So we'd tape it to my hand. So I thought, why not do that for the tennis racket? So a maintenance guy heard me and said, I'll bring you tape. And of course, you know what kind of tape he brought? Duct tape. <laughs> so seven layers of skin later, I was on the court banging tennis balls and just having a blast. And it was my first opportunity in my mind that said, you know what, I think I could do this. And I think eventually maybe I could do this well. And so that launched my career. And 21 years later, I had a great opportunities to travel the world and represent my country and have lots of accolades that pertain to my sport of tennis. And, and also just the fact that, you know, it opened my mind to the possibilities of what could be. Yeah. And what could be is soccer completely different from tennis. You know, tennis is one V one or two V two soccer is a team game. How did you find soccer? How did soccer find Steve Everett? I was always uh, a basketball fanatic. That was kind of my, my sport that I loved. And had I been able to compete in it, there's no doubt that I would have dove into that head first. And I had a friend that played tennis with me and he actually found the sport first. And after my 20 plus years of competition for tennis, it was time for me to retire. And I was involved in my kids' activities. They started playing sports. And, you know, a few years went by. The competitive juices were always there. And to play a team sport was always, you know, big on my mind. So he had said, hey, you got to come out and check out this sport of power soccer. It's right up your alley. I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah. You know, you were the first one to play uh, an organized team sport or a sport in a power wheelchair. You need to check this out. This is all about power wheelchairs. And so I went out and, and checked it out. And I, right away, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. And then he says, well, our, our team's having a tryout, you know, looking for players. If you're interested, you should come check it out. So the next week I went out and they had a chair that was all equipped and set up. And I jumped in it. And I'm, I'm telling you what. I know myself well, and I can't just put my toes in and go, okay, oh yeah, it's that feels all right. I, I dive in head first in the deep end, and as soon as I kick that first ball with the chair and the special equipment with that chair, I was like, oh yeah, this is me. This is me. Then I find out they have a, a national team and there's opportunities there, and that just my mind started spinning, 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 and. Soccer wasn't on the radar, but all of a sudden it became on the radar radar big time. Um, and that's how I started. All right. And as I mentioned, you've been a key part of the United States Power Soccer Association, Western Regional Director from 13 to 20, and then a couple of years ago voted as president of the USPSA. Can you give an elevator speech on the USPSA and what it's all about? The United States Power Soccer Association is the governing body here in the U.S. Uh, for the sport of, of power soccer. We have about 500 athletes all over the United States that are playing right now, close to 70 teams right now in, throughout the nation. We just recently had our national t- championships three weeks ago in Fort Wayne, Indiana, where we had 266 athletes. We had 36 teams that competed And we played 114 games in four days. It was an absolute blast to be back on the courts doing what we do. It's a four versus four game. And we play with an uh, oversized soccer ball. It's made 
definitely like a soccer ball, more like actually a futsal ball, but think of 13 and a half inches in diameter. That's what it is. So it's a, it's a bigger futsal ball. We use these power chairs that are designed specifically for the sport. Little caveat to that, you know your sports arrive when people or manufacturers start designing chairs specifically for your sport. So that's an exciting part of it. These chairs are the Lamborghinis of uh, soccer chairs. I guess it's like the best cleats you could ever have. These are them. And so it's a great, it's highly competitive. We got a, a large range of athletes with a large range of levels of play. You can get in recreationally, you can be non-conference, and then you can get really competitive and be in conference levels. We have four conference levels. We start off with the Founders Conference. The next one above that was the President's Conference. And then there's the Champions Conference. And then, of course, the top conference is Premier. We have promotion and relegation every year. It's highly, highly competitive. It's a great opportunity for those athletes in power chairs to, to get out, recreate, or you can be as competitive as you want to be. Here in the fantastic voice of Steve Everett, the president of the U.S. Power Soccer Association. And Steve, we mentioned your venture to try to make a World Cup team. Now as president, you know that the fourth World Cup for power soccer is in Sydney, Australia this year. What are you most looking forward to? It kind of got sidetracked a little bit with COVID as as. A lot of things did. So they've actually moved the dates to October of 2023 now. And so the team, now that the ENT program is now, uh, we're part of that, the whole structure of how we're going to do things and how we're moving forward is really exciting. The partnership with U.S. Soccer is going to be a game changer for us. Our team is prepared. We've been training and those kinds of things. We're back running again. Everybody's amped up. There's been three World Cups, okay? We win the fir very first World Cup in Japan. We come back, we repeat in Paris, France. And then we have it here in our own home ground, uh, homegrown USA in Kissimmee, Florida. We end up losing to France in the finals. Hmm. Uh, and so, you know what? There's, uh, I know all the players and the coaches are all excited about getting back out there and putting our best foot forward and, and bringing the trophy back home where we feel it deserves to be. I can tell you're a great storyteller, Steve. So I'm going to give this one a shot. And that is to ask you, what is your favorite memory as a power soccer player and now as a coach? Wow. You know, I think a couple of them happened just three weeks ago. Or My team uh, is now uh, was the L.A. United, and we officially became the L.A. Galaxy Power Soccer Club for this season. And so we're really excited about our partnership with the L.A. Galaxy and, and all that they've done for my club team. And so I have the opportunity of both playing and coaching on that team. I got a great group of guys. We've worked incredibly hard and uh, we actually won the, the national title three weeks ago. So in the champions conference, so now we're going back up to the premier where we played before when I was with the Vaqueros, but uh, it was just great to earn it. And, and just, it was a good battle. We won, we won three to one good competition in that whole tournament. Super excited about that. So I think that's one of the greatest memories that I can say it stands out because I did it both as a coach and a player. And that's 
challenging on my part. Uh, and not only that, I was leading the charge with running the actual tournament too. So there was a lot of hats to be worn. But you know what? I honestly think that it, that it benefited me in the way that when I was playing, I just let everything else go. You know, uh, my mind was so involved in all the other stuff preparing. But once I got on the pitch, man, it was on. That made it that much better for me. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a great release. Yeah. And I love that your greatest memory just happened three weeks ago. And you're here on the United Soccer Coaches podcast to share it during Disability Pride Month. Steve Everett, the president of the U.S. Power Soccer Association. As you mentioned, Power Soccer is a great foundation for development with multiple leagues in the United States. You did a great job breaking down those leagues and even the relegation and promotion as well. And, you know, look, I could sense your excitement when you said that you were officially named a U.S. Soccer Extended National Team. Can you maybe speak a little bit more about that and tell us your reaction to that news and what that means for the USPSA in the future? It's incredible and absolutely love to speak about it. Since I became president, of course, I was involved in a lot of committees with, within U.S. Uh, soccer. You start asking questions and you start trying to find out how and what we can do as, as an organization to really partner up well and, and, and be united with U.S. soccer. Any disabled sport, I think it's incredibly important that we mimic our able-bodied version of our sport and be a part of their association, their organization. So that was always big on my heart. When I found out about the ENT program, I started asking questions about applications to how does somebody become part of that? What's the process? Really, this is the first time they've had the opportunities for those soccer organizations with disabilities to be able to be a part of that. So for me, it was just awesome because I know, look, we're in a time of our life in our world where there are a lot of things that are going on. I mean, it, it, the equality thing, we, we, we got inclusion, all the things that are incredibly important in our world today. And I'm very strong-minded when it comes to like, you can't forget those with the disability groups as well. So with that being said, we applied for the position. There was an opportunity for us to apply. That process was about a year long, and it was very important, and we had to give a lot of information and details and have our plans. But I think the fact of the matter was U.S. soccer seen the value of us being involved in the ENT program as well. And I remember sitting at one of the AGM meetings, and it, I believe it was the budget meeting. We were just looking through, you know, go, I was watching the, the, the meeting online. And it got to a point where I was talking about the ENT programs. And in the budget, I kind of looked and I double looked and I kind of wiped my eyes again. Is that, and I see power soccer right there for next year's budget. And I was like, oh my gosh, we did it. it I mean, we're here. So of course, a tear tinkled down my eye because it's a, it's a dream. Really, it is. And, you know, what, what it means to our organization is you got to imagine all the years that we've been playing and we've had these World Cups. Our national players and their families and their coaches have had to fund all their expenses for all the training camps, all the travel, all everything that you get, all the equipment, everything that a national team usually would get in most you know organizations, we had to either fund it ourselves or do fundraisers or get sponsors to come in and help us to try to meet those needs. 
it was a constant challenge. My thought always has been the athletes deserve this. They've worked hard for this. And to attach a financial part of being able to eliminate so that they can just be athletes, they can train, they can focus on the mission in hand um, is the most important thing. So when that all happened, the emotion of it happening and the excitement that went through, uh, you know, my mind, my veins, all of it, you know, was just pouring out because it was something that was long overdue. And we are so proud and honored to be a part of it. Sky's the limit with our team. We got a very talented group and staff. And I think it's just going to be really, really exciting to see how they're going to move forward with not having to worry about those kinds of things anymore. Steve Everett, the president of the U.S. Power Soccer Association, as he mentioned, the World Cup has been moved to 2023, but we'll continue to follow it. I really wish this was not just audio because you light up the screen, Steve. Your spirit is infectious. I mean that. And you look like the kind of guy that I could sit around and maybe have a drink with and talk sports <laughs> all day for sure. Are, are absolutely. You, yeah, you're a guy that yeah. loves to talk sports, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, I grew up. It's in my blood, no doubt about it. Well, listen, if there is someone out there that is disabled right now and like you, not able to fully use their arms or legs and might be hanging their head down, what is your message to them about being active and, and doing things like you? I mean, you became the number one power tennis player in the world, Steve, an incredible story. Do you have a message for some people out there? For me, it's the challenge of pursuing what your dream is. Don't let things stop you, number one. When there's a will, there's a way. And I know it gets worn out. But the fact of the matter is, when it comes right down to it, sports gave me the confidence to be the individual that I am. I don't care if you're playing bocce ball, if you're playing soccer, if you're the competition side of things is absolutely... Um, has molded me to for the person that I've become, to the person I've become. Um, I think it also is therapeutic for a lot of individuals. And, and what I mean by that is that we can get into the mold of just, you know, yeah, you know, having the pity party or, um, you know, not being involved in something. But sports helps you relate to other individuals. It helps you problem solve. It helps you... Um, all the things and the challenge that you happen that happen on on in a sport, you got go through the adversity. It, it it's gonna help any individual to who wants to be involved and wants to better themselves. I learned so much from my teammates. I learned so much from my my accomplishments. I've also learned a whole lot from my failures, and that's what really led me to the successes that I've had. Is that I learned that that's just part of the process. Failure is part of it. And I, I don't try to ever look at failure as a negative. I look at it as an opportunity, a positive. What did I learn about this? How do I get better? So for parents out there that might have children who have disabilities that want to come out and play soccer, Look, go to any park, drive anywhere. You'll see a bunch of kids out there playing soccer, right? On, on, on all the fields, right? Soccer parents or soccer parents, whether you're in a wheelchair or you're not in a wheelchair, you know, it is what it, that's the beauty of it. Competition is a beautiful thing. 
Indeed. You did a great job as well talking about what U.S. soccer has done. As you know, you're a guest of Kate Ward, the only chair for the Disability Allies community. As we close out, I do feel like United Soccer Coaches has been very inclusive, really from day one, but especially now. Can you comment on that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're, they're, they're a strong part. They have a lot of um, you know, knowledge within that group, getting a lot of guidance from those individuals, too. I mean, it's just the support. And, and I think the more we start talking about, you know, the inclusion of us and, and, and others is going to overflow the, the acceptance. And, you know, the soccer coaches uh, are, are the ones that really kind of supported this whole venture through that. So, yeah, I can't, I can't say enough about them. I want people to follow your story, Steve, and I want them to follow U.S. Power Soccer Association as we close. What's the website to keep track of what's going on? PowerSoccerUSA.org is the main website. And of course, same thing on social media, on Facebook, and we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, all those. So if you look at the United States Power Soccer Association, specifically the, uh, the website that I mentioned, you can track us down, reach out. If you have any questions, we'd love to get people plugged in. If you're, you know, referees, this is a big deal for us. Our sport is growing. We need solid referees. We need those that are looking. And look, our rules tweak very little or very much like the able-bodied sport. There's a couple little, uh, you know, changes here and there because of our, our chairs and the things that we do. But it's a great opportunity for you to see soccer at a completely different level at a completely different group and you know i'm sure that when more majority of them come out and check it out for the first time their mouth will drop and go oh my gosh and then after a while you know what it happens there's the beauty of it all you're out there watching four or eight guys out on the court they're playing against each other battling four against four and you're you're wow with the chair movement and the skill of controlling the ball and this idea and what ends up happening is the chairs start to disappear. And that's the beauty because you start to notice the athlete. And you start to notice the strategy involved in the game. And you think, of, you think about, oh, this is just another sport of soccer. This is another version of soccer. And that's exactly what it is. The chairs start to disappear. That is so well said, Steve Everett. And I got to tell you, the minute you start speaking, the chair disappears. You are outstanding, sir. And I'm so glad that Kate Ward picked you to be on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League App. Steve, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me, Dean. I look forward to having you out, getting you in a chair and checking it out, man. That would be an honor, Steve, for sure. I want to thank you and Kate Ward for our continued series this month during Disability Pride Month. We started the show with Skip Gilbert, the CEO of USYS. Their national championships are going on right now down at Orlando's Disney's Wide World of Sports. When we return, we'll have another visit with USYS. This time, it's the commissioner of the National League, Simon Collins, joined by the two leaders of Soccer Profile. That after these messages. This is Dean Linke, longtime college soccer play-by-play man, reminding all college soccer coaches to amplify your upcoming season with the United Soccer Coaches College Services Program. Register now for the 2022-23 season and gain access to valuable resources you can use all season long. From educational programming to general liability insurance, the list of member benefits is endless. 
Make sure your program gets the recognition they deserve through All-America, Scholar All-America, Staff of the Year, and Team Awards available for College Services members. Don't miss out. Early bird registration ends October 1st, so sign up today by going to unitedsoccercoaches.org. Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club, or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love, delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches, less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps, where I am coming to you from Orlando, Florida, where more than 10,000 teams played for a spot in Orlando this week with sides advancing through state cups onto one of four regionals and here to Florida for about 200 teams still fighting for a chance to raise a national championship trophy this week. The field includes top finishers from National League Pro. 2022 marks the 48th year of the modern USYS National Championship Series and the first time since 2004 that the national championships are taking place at ESPN's magnificent wide world of sports. Earlier, USYS CEO Skip Gilbert kicked off this week's show and he touched on the USYS's new initiative, Elite 64, a club-based offering that is now part of the USYS National League. Here to talk more about that and introduce two other handsome gentlemen from Soccer Profile is USYS National Commissioner Simon Collins. Welcome, Simon. Thanks, Dean. Uh Go easy on the handsome Dean, if you don't mind. Those <laughs> English guys take that to heart, mate. And uh, yeah, it's um, everybody's excited. Um, the the Omnis ceremony gala was superb, and as always, uh, you killed it, set the table for us nicely. And uh, it's great to see the kids all dressed up, feeling like they feel part of something. And I mean, there's so many, so many happy faces. If they if they can't come here and, and bring the game, then. I don't know where's, where they can bring it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. Everybody's excited. And we, like you mentioned, we've got uh, Gary and, and Stuart from Soccer Profile uh, here with us today that we're going to take around the complex and, and meet and greet a few people that's involved with USYS on a, on a bigger scale. How are they going to elevate all the players' games and try, and try and help the kids make every single game a recruitable moment, which is really, really important for us right now. So, yeah, we're, we're happy to be here. So he mentioned Stuart Monk and Gary Monk. Stuart Monk is the managing director for Soccer Profile. Gary Monk is the director. You can find them online by going to www.soccer-profile.com. And for somebody that's not by their computer right now, we'll start with you, Stuart Monk. What's the best way to describe what Soccer Profile is all about? Soccer Profile is a series of assessments um, designed to measure the player's technical and physical um, ability. They also um, provide um, valuable data for the player, the coach, the team, the club to measure and support the player's um, individual development. But what also is quite unique about our platform as well is it allows the um, players and the coaches to compare those results, specifically to Premier League Academy players back in England and also the global average as well. So it's a real powerful tool for the um, players and the coaches to support the players' development and also 
see where the players are at in their development compared to what's going on around the world as well. Now, Gary, I mentioned yesterday at the opening ceremonies that Simon mentioned where it was amazing. The energy was palpable. It was awesome. The fact that I have two boys three years apart that are very close. And so I ask you, what it is it like working with your brother? And then from there, a more serious question, what is it like working with USYS and Simon? Do you know what? Actually working with your brother has been good. I was going to say something different, but it's been good. Nice. Um, we're like we're very lucky as a family where we've grown up in a good family, and yeah, we had our fights and things like that. But um, yeah, we moved on quickly, and now we're you know very very close. And especially as we've grown into adults and career, I've gone into in football and shoes in his football side of it. Yeah, it's kept us really close. Um, so yeah, I can only at the moment, say good things about him, which pains me a little bit. But, um... Dean, Dean I, I, I'm calling them out on that one. That, that's, that's poor. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It's true, to be fair. We don't really fight. Yeah, we get on quite well, to be fair. He's my big brother. What can I do? Yeah. Well, <laughs> speak, speaking of truth, tell us why you thought it was important to team up with Simon and USYS. Yeah, well, obviously, Simon came through with, with especially the relationship he had with Stu over a good period of time. And then, Obviously, when Simon moved to the position he's in now, we've obviously escalated that that side of it with soccer profile, and, and Simon's been brilliant for us in terms of, you know, coming in, you know, let, allowing us to come in as a partnership um, with them guys, and um, and also as we are out this week, it's just building that relationship with Simon and, and all of his staff, and then obviously the introductions you get, you know, where we can be helpful to to other people, you know, in this in this sector. So. Simon's been brilliant. We're very happy to be here. We've enjoyed it so far. It's been amazing. To be fair, when I went there yesterday, and I've been in professional football for 25 years, even I was inspired yesterday, going out, seeing that facility, watching the kids come in. It's going to be a memory that they're going to remember forever, I think. You know, So hopefully they make the most of it and looking forward to it. Yeah, well said, and I felt that as well. Simon, what's the best way to sum up how you plan to use Soccer Profile at USYS? Player-focused individual player focused we need to put a lot more tools in the player's toolbox and also we have to be conscious that we're always going back to the same well which is mum and dad to, to drag out they're the bank let's face it um, and we got to provide provide mum dad player access to something that's cost effective but it's also legitimate and real and it's going to change some of these these young athletes lives you know as well as i do the, the model here in the u.s is different Far different to what it is anywhere else, uh, and that's not saying it, it's better or worse. It's just it's just different. So we have to now look, especially with the economy as it stands, how do we make things more accessible to the players, cheaper to the players, um, but more importantly, how do we make every single game a recruitable moment? And I'm gonna I'm gonna keep. You'll hear me say that time and time and time again. I'm quite passionate that we have the showcase model as it is now. And Stuart and Gary will, will attest to this uh, as a scout and somebody that's been out and, and looked at players on behalf of professional teams and so on and so forth. They capture your attention in, in with the first three touches. And if they've not got your attention by then, you're more likely to, to turn on to somebody else. What we've got to do is we've got to figure out ways. How do we provide the kids with a, with a resume, if you will, a, a playing resume that's got all the highlights, all the stat, all the data, their individual development plans that they can present over time. And it, and it, it auto-populates week after week after week. So they're not as, as obsessed, as focused, as desperate when they come to the showcases because they've got a lot. It, it's like being in school. 
you do all the schoolwork for months leading up to your test. If you do that, if you do that right, you're better prepared. The test becomes easy. And that's where Stuart and Gary, they, they fit in perfectly. They don't conflict with anything else that we've got going on with some of our other partners. And most importantly, and I mean this sincerely, they love the game and the people that play it. And they put the game first because we have, we have many conversations about doing what's right for the game. And sometimes the business starts to cloud that. Well, let's stand by the game. What's true to it? What's going to make it work? What's going to elevate the players? And the business will take care of itself by just doing the right thing. And, and that's where Stuart and Gary and, and some of our other partners are, are perfect for US youth soccer in what we're in our mission going forward. You're hearing the voice of Simon Collins, the US Youth Soccer's National League Commissioner. I'm going to stick with you, Simon. As we all know, Elite 64 was announced in January. In fact, if memory serves me right, it was about two degrees outside in Kansas City during the annual coaches convention when U.S. Youth Soccer first unveiled Elite 64. Please get us updated and what your team has done to make the Elite 64 concept a reality. My team has been amazing. First, in fact, not just my team, the entire U.S. Youth Soccer ecosystem, how they've they've bought into what we're doing. Um, it's taken a lot of people out of their comfort zone. Um, it's challenged it, people to think differently. Um, it's changed some of the the way we look at rostering players, how we register players, and so on and so forth. And we've had our we've had our bumps along the way. But what I like is we're, we're going in the right direction. Um, we have around 62, 63 boys teams in there out of the total 64, around 59-ish girls teams in and around it. And they're excited. They're excited what it's going to do. They're excited how they're going to elevate the players' games and the, the connectivity it's shown. We've had, we've had many group meetings with the groups of eight in their regional divisions. They've really bought into the process. How can we do this for them? And, and what's happened really, really quickly, Dean, is they focused on the kids and the young athletes. How are we going to do this for the player? How does this work for the player? How do we get the player to this event? How do we get more players involved? Can we, even to the point where can we, because we've allowed them access to two events, can we come to three events? Now, as soon as clubs start asking to do that, you know that we're all on the same page and we're pulling in the same direction. So it's been great. Can't wait for the season to kick off. We're so close now to the first ball being kicked in, in fact, in a couple of weeks. And, that, and you, you know what it's like when, when soccer coaches, adults, mums, dads, et cetera, uh, are in between season. There's, there's that little bit of uncertainty. What's going to happen? How's it going to be? But once the ball's, fo- ball's kicked, everybody's focused on the game and, and how we can provide as, as many opportunities to the kids as possible. So, Simon, confirming that play will begin for E64 in just a couple of weeks. Is that right? Yeah, the, the season starts first couple of weeks of August for some of the teams, yeah. They're obviously determined by where they are in the country and the high school situation and bits, but yeah, we've got some games coming. Part of the excitement with Elite 64 has allowed you to forge partnerships with cutting-edge companies to benefit the players. Certainly, Soccer Profile is included in that list of cutting-edge entities, and Stuart and Gary Tell us, when you heard about Elite 64, how did that increase your interest in creating this relationship with Simon and USYS? For us, it's something, you know, the game has been absolutely brilliant for myself and my brother over over the years, and we wanted to get something back to the game as well, you know, and answer a lot of questions that I always get asked as well, you know. What inspired us to um, come up with the concept initially um, regarding Soccer Profile was 
I've been lucky enough to travel the world coaching and I always got asked three questions. One, what's my son's or daughter's strengths and weaknesses? Two, how do they compare age specifically against uh, Premier League Academy players? And three, where can I get the resource to enhance their development? So after conversations with Simon and him explaining the concept behind Elite 64, for me and Gary, it was a non-brainer really to partner up and offer our platform to these um, teams um, free of charge really for the first year to help enhance player development and also enhance um, coach development as well. And, you know, with US Youth Soccer, we want to help raise the standard of player and coach development in this country. Yeah, look, I think for me to simplify it completely is, I think what we're trying to do is, like Stuart said, I've been very lucky. I've spent 25 years professionally. So it's, it, football's given me or soccer's given me a, a, a life that I have. So giving something back. But with Soccer Profile, I think it's giving the player something that's factual and visual in front of them rather than just relying on opinion. Because I think a lot of times I've been through that pathway myself, like we'll see this week with the kids that have got massive aspirations in, in soccer. They rely a lot on opinions, opinion, opinions of your parents, opinions of the coaches, of the fan base that you might be playing in front of. But you never quite know where you are. Do you know what I mean? You've got an opinion of yourself and other people have opinions of you. So what Soccer Profile tries to, tries to do in a simplified way, trying to put it simple across, is, is give you something factual and, and, and something that's visual that you can see exactly where you are on the elements of your game, what you need to improve, what you are doing good. And um, it's giving them that information visually where they can see it. So, yes, you can have opinion, but you can also make your own opinion on yourself, you know, and your coach can make an opinion of you and give you that factual data where, okay, this is where I'm at. This is how I compare to someone else if you want to do that, or this is where I need to improve. So that's probably the most simple way I can, I can put it across. And that, for me looking back as a kid, if I had had that, even though I was lucky enough to have a career in football, I probably would have been an even better player if I had that at my disposal. So that's what we're trying to do here with Soccer Pro and, and the League 64 and hopefully across America, which would be fantastic. That was the voice of Gary Monk, the director for Soccer Profile, backing up the comments from Stuart Monk, the managing director for Soccer Profile, reminding you can find them online at soccer-profile.com. Simon, back to you as we think about Elite 64. As you know, we're just putting it out there. One critique of the U.S. youth soccer landscape is that it is very fragmented and the interests of the kids are not always the top priority. What would you say to the critic who says Elite 64 is only adding to the fragmentation and how can it coexist with the various rec soccer programs U.S. youth soccer offers? The soccer landscape is fragmented massively. Uh, and we all know all the different platforms and options that there is out there. That's not necessarily a, a bad thing. I say to, to our state leaders and, and even some of our board members and, and senior staff at USYS, it, it's not the fact that a new league starts or a new offering starts. What we should do with that is take that challenge on board and make ourselves better. And if we, are, if we do something better than the next person, then you would like to think that people would gravitate to what you are. And... And that's like when we hear, you hear clubs say you can't start another club locally. To me, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt the game. It's going to fragment it. There's a graphic of the UK. There's like something like 92, well, there's 92 professional teams in England alone, which is the size of Florida. We only have two major professional teams in Florida. So there's room for everybody. And if you do a really good job, you, you provide great coaching, your service, your administration, it doesn't matter what anybody else does. 
It's, we can only control what we have. We can only be in charge of our own destiny. Uh, and that's where we can just got to focus on that. And that's where Elite 64 is laser focused on, on what it's going to do. Its priority is the kids. Um, it's aiming to change the, the soccer landscape and make every single game a recruitable moment. Again, I keep saying that one because it's important. We're only going to do that by hard work, dedication, and standing side by side with, with many of our state leaders. If we fracture, then it shows signs of weakness and, and people have a right to say, hey, they, they, they're not committed, they don't know what they're doing. But if we stand side by side as USU Soccer, the largest soccer organizations, uh, not just in the US, but in the world, we should be the leader and we should be able to design programs that elevate kids' games and help them to reach the potential. And I'm, I'm confident Elite 64 will do that. You mentioned about how it will impact the grassroots piece of it. The one thing that US Youth Soccer has is a great, is a great ecosystem. We, we have a nice base, um, grassroots, League America, leading on through to competitive, then to state level. Now we have the National League, and now we have National League Pro and Elite 64. So we have something there for, for every level of player. But what's really, really, really important, Dean, is there's no glass ceiling. If you do well um, at your club, there's nothing that stops you from going as far as your game will take you. And that's what's important. There's no politics involved in it. What you do on a field determines the future that you have. And that then we can just turn it around to, and many of the speakers said it last night, yesterday at the gala. The one thing, that, the one thing you can guarantee is that you'll work hard. Um, and by working hard, you, you know yourself, you've done it yourself through your career. Great things happen if you do that. And that's what I think USYS offers. With that, Simon, I've heard you use the word fear factor. What do you mean by that? We hear it a lot from players, parents, coaches. From a parent perspective, is my is my player on the right team? Is the team in the right league? Is the player accessing the right events? And we got to get away from that and make it more about the, the fun side of, of the game and competing, not necessarily for yourself, but for the team that you're with. The guys on, on the call here know you can't achieve anything in this sport unless you've got somebody, your teammates, either side of you. you. You win together, you lose together. We've got the national championships here. They're competing as a team to become national champions. And the, to the, the individual players, will they will stand out, but they cannot stand out without the teammates around them. So we've got to remove some of that fear, make it focused on, on the game itself, having fun and going out and playing and being the best you can be. It's a major part of sport. One more question for Simon Collins before we go to Stuart and Gary for their last word and then let Simon close it out. You touched on it in your answer right there, Simon. The National League is more than its share of success stories. They include National League Pro, team success in the national championships, and many former players who have gone on to play collegially, professionally, and on the world stage. How far has the league come, and perhaps more importantly, where is it going? It's going as far as we want to take it, Dean. It's our hard work and dedication. It's our desire to get out of the space where the clubs are in, allow them to, to manage the clubs properly, work with the players. And we just need to make sure that whatever the club needs, we can provide them. And that's what makes the league strong. That's what gives the kids opportunities. And I'm confident in the next 12, 24 months, there's going to be a, a, huge, a huge shift, if you will, where people realign, where we take the... the the focus off a dollar goes away and it's more about what happens on the field in the game. And I think that's where US youth soccer and its non-for-profit organizations are going to really, really be successful. And that National League Pro has been a great success. 75% of the teams at the 
and national finals have come through National League Pro. So that I mean that's that's powerful. Last word time. We go to Stuart Monk, the managing director of Soccer Profile, and Gary. I'll have you follow him up. I like to ask the question this way: If somebody just tuned in right now and all they heard was What's the one thing we definitely need to know about what Soccer Profile has to offer? How would you answer that question, Stuart and Gary? For me, I think we've said it as well. It's a platform that allows you to measure and support your individual development, allows you to reach your potential wherever your potential is, whether it's the grassroots, national pro, elite 64, and it's a development tool to um, get you to where you want to be. But also it's a development tool for the coach as well. It allows the coaches to gain more knowledge. And we've got a saying back in Torquay, in England, should I say, better coaches, better players. So we're catering for, for all, really. It's something that's visual and factual. You know, it's not based upon opinion. It's actual, like Simon said earlier, it's, it's, it's supporting the main bulk of what you would do at, you know, playing soccer in terms of the training and these assessments at the end. Like you said, you do all your schoolwork and then here's the exam. Well, ours is the exam, you know, but we give that support in terms of how to reach that exam and do it the best you can and then also get the results from that. And then, like I said, just having something visual right in front of you without opinion or bias, letting you know exactly where you're at in terms of your development, especially technically and, and physically, which is what we aim at is crucial in terms of you know as a sportsman or athlete yeah that's really what we try and aim at so um that's how i would explain it reminding everybody to go to soccer-profile.com to learn more about soccer profile and the great work that Stuart and gary monk are doing as we close it out simon i met you last year in kansas city at the united soccer coaches convention you are on the united soccer coaches podcast how important is that relationship to you and USYS? It's vital, Dean. Two major organizations that's got the same mission, provide access to whatever there is out there in, this, in the soccer landscape. I mean, United Soccer Coaches offer everything, coach education, a whole plethora of, uh, of educational pieces and bits and pieces. And not only that, United Soccer Coaches, some great guys and great relationships. So it's soccer people working with soccer people to provide soccer kids opportunities. It's it's great, Dean. I was told to finish off with a laugh and remind you that when the world comes back to North America in 2026, it'll mark 50 years since England's lone World Cup <laughs> championship. And of course, England and the USA will face each other in the upcoming World Cup. Quick predictions from all three of you. We'll start with you, Simon, and go to the Stewart, and then go to Gary. 2-0 England. Ooh. 3-0 England. Ooh. I'm going to go 2-1 England. <laughs> I heard a lot of England in I'll there. Give you I'll give you a go. Okay. <laughs> thank you so thank you so much for that. Indeed, it has been great having Simon Collins with USYS, the National League Commissioner, as well as Stuart Monk, the Managing Director for Soccer Profile, a key partner with USYS, and Gary Monk, a Director for Soccer Profile. Gentlemen, enjoy your week in Florida, and thanks so much for being on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. Thanks for having us, Dean. Thanks, Dean. Take care. Thank you, and thank all of our guests. I also want to thank the great people at United Soccer Coaches, especially Bailey Coughlin, Brandon Milburn, Erica Dyer, Jeff Van Dusen, and the rest of the gang. My producer is Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. 
Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform, providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.